last two military dreams, uh, military campaign dreams, um, we were doing good. The enemy was getting shot. But we had a few close calls because the, the ammunition was a little scarce. And so, you know, we were, we were getting more ammunition, and then we would run it out too fast, and then we were kind of scraping, trying to pull. And that's just, many times those are mirror dreams. The Lord is showing you where the ministry is at. He's showing you that you all are destroying the enemy. And in and, and all of these dreams, the enemy kept reinforcing himself, just coming back stronger in waves. We'd take down one, another wave would come. And so how many of you know in order to do that, you need to have some bullets? And so, uh, and the Lord is showing that, hey, hey, y'all are fighting, y'all are doing well, but, but it's time for everybody to get on top of certain things because uh, y'all are getting a little bit weak. Y'all not are being destroyed, but, but you cannot maintain the level of this ministry without everybody being on point. And this is very, very important because you heard me say a few weeks ago, and for you that are following us and listening to us online, um, we may have a couple of technical difficulties and so um, I will uh, call out the scriptures um, in case they're not on the screen. It's always something. But you have to keep on moving. And so, uh, you know, I don't know if they got that graphic. Um, oh, that's why. Well, I'll just read them. You know, you heard me make a statement a few maybe weeks ago. I don't know. And the statement was, uh, God won't let you start a thing until you have ended a thing. And, um, and we have completed something that we didn't know what we were working on, you know, but after nine years, you know, um, someone brought to my attention, it follows us online and they were saying, which we hear a lot now, they said, y'all are extremely rare as a ministry. And it's sad because that's not supposed to be a statement that is said over us. And he was bringing out these things, the fact that it's a ministry that we preached, how many know we preached the unadulterated word up in here? I say some stuff, and y'all like, is that even in the Bible? You have to go look for yourself. You know, the word, uh, praying in tongues, which was interwoven in everything that the early church did. Um, the gifts of the Spirit. It's amazing. <laughs> uh, praying in tongues and the gifts of the Spirit. There are two whole chapters that are dedicated to what the church said is no longer relevant. So praying in tongues, gifts of the spirit, you know, they're non-gifts of the spirit. Dreams and visions, the Bible said that would be the hallmark of the last days. That's something else that the body of Christ mainstream has set down. Uh, deliverance um, and casting out demons, uh, that's something that they have definitely sat down and not, not, not interested in picking back up. The doctrine of laying on of hands for healing and impartation, you know, we do that a lot. Um, this was very important. Uh, the reinstitution of apostles and prophets working side by side. The Bible says that this entire thing is built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets that the church no longer believes in. And it says Jesus himself is the cornerstone. And then, of course, street evangelism, the introduction or reintroduction to what we call the house church. And then all of this accomplishes the maturing of the saints. And so... We have successfully now, after nine years, three times three, we have uh, um, brought back to life um, what others decided to set down. And then there were things that we have learned um, that are called, it's not new technology, but there are newer things that we couldn't quite see. You know how the, the powerful side of the inner healing that goes uh, along with the deliverance. You... Um, I don't know why it wasn't brought up so much in detail like that, but maybe because 
there were less things that people had to do back then. There were no movies. You know, so people tend to stay in the word for a long amount of time. Because staying in the word and in prayer, and if you accept it and let the Holy Spirit deal with you, it will bring about inner healing, 100%. I mean, I know people that, that, um, that they, they got in the word and the Holy Spirit would give them instructions to call individuals. That it would be, they, I mean, demons would come out of them. Stuff would come out of their mouth. I mean, it was just crazy. And so, um, um, uh, but the Lord has given us great wisdom to be able to institute those things. So... Um, but as a result of that, we have become one of the most dangerous things in the United States. And so, uh, you know, don't think that I'm getting up here just sharing fairy tales. Um, um, the enemy very much is trying to bring this ministry to its knees because everything we touch turns to gold. Um, every person we touch, um, you know, um, there's a lady that she went through a uh, inner healing and deliverance session on um, uh, Sunday, and um, um, I think Francia and some others were a part of that team. She called us on Monday, and she was still crying. <laughs> you know, she called and she just could not believe how powerful, she said, I, is, she said, that is the most powerful thing that I have ever experienced. And it was a blessing because in one moment she got free from all that. She has a, she has one of the most horrendous pasts that I have ever heard. I don't, I don't, there's some things that I hear, and I just don't know how people survive something like that if it wasn't for an undergirding of the grace of God. But for the Lord to deliver her like that and then also give her her calling at the same time. And uh, it's just, and so you're not going to just sit around and do stuff like that. You know what I'm saying? You're not getting surrounded. And the devil been working on this person. And then, and, and she's 40. <laughs> so at the age of 40, you know, 40 is the number of probation or 40 is the number of the turnaround or start over. So all of this happened at the age of 40. Wipe it all clean. Now here's your ministry. I'm doing it. And now the second half is going to be greater than the first half. You, and, and you're doing that with every single person. You're not getting ready to do something like that. And the enemy is not coming after you. But then he realized, oh, we can't just come after them because they got all these force fields up and they're living right and they're living holy and, they, and, and they've executed all of this power. So then they have to just watch. Like the one demon told me, he said, we cannot get into this ministry. His exact words were, the force here is too strong. Those were his exact words. But his last word to me was, don't get it twisted. Satan knows he cannot beat you all, but we are still going to be looking for every crack. So right now, they're working on cracks. And, 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 and sometimes, and let me tell you something, they've got into a few cracks. You know, any ministry that thinks it's just, you know, always right, you, know, you deceived, that's pride. Now you're going down to the ground. But you know, how many know, it's, it's those little small cracks that you can't see that the water seeps in and produces damage. So those little small cracks you can't see that, that the termites might set up camp in those cracks. And next thing you know, a house is getting ready to fall down. It's those, the Bible says it this way. It says it's the small foxes that spoil the vine. And so we can't see everything. We're programmed to see big things. And so, but now, you know, the Lord is going to be teaching us and exposing the cracks. And you can't see the cracks unless you are praying, church. You can't see the cracks unless you're a humble church. You can't see the cracks unless you're a fasting church. And so, and it's just, so that's another thing that we incorporated. And, in, and then the Holy Spirit just brought to my attention everything that he had been allowed to re, you know, incorporate. And I was just like, this is scary because the church is trying to win a battle while at the same time setting down all of the tools that God gave you for weaponry. And then they wonder why they're failing, you know, and 
when we put up that evangelism clip on um, social media, they put it up. And we were just putting it up just to share it with people, you know, that's, hey, we out there when the souls. We weren't thinking about the statement that we're making. People were just like, they were just shocked and could not believe that a church was out there doing evangelism in the midst of COVID. Personally, I thought COVID was over with, but they still say it's existing. But y'all know what I'm saying. You know, and, 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 and you got to ruin Satan is looking at us doing this. <clears throat> and he's looking at us setting people free. He's looking at us delivering people. He's looking at us healing people. He's looking at us maturing people. He's looking at us rescuing people. He's looking at us wipe away what he's been working on for 40 years in people. He ain't going to just sit back, you know, and be like, well, we've lost the battle. No, they are having meetings in hell as I speak. They say, we got to bring everything against this lion. Because this thing right here then morphed into something, and, and we don't know what this is. And, uh, you know, just, just and they're, they're, what right now in the ministry, what's going on is lots of little itty-bitty things, okay? Just itty-itty-bitty things. Look, look, I mean, just a bunch of little itty-bitty things. Little things like Apple decides to take down our whole podcast. <laughs> For no valid reason. <laughs> you just shut it down. And it sent some email that not even a robot can understand. So we're trying to vigorously get in touch with them, and they got the information, but they're not getting back with us. So we'll see. And so we're trying, we're trying to give them the benefit of the doubt by saying, we know that you're not silencing us because of our content, and maybe they are because you can't find this type of content even on the Internet too much unless you go overseas. You know, and so, and they got computers scouring the internet to look to see who they can shut down. And big conglomerates like that, they know that they can shut you down. And in their mindset, you may not have people that are powerful enough or intelligent enough to do what it takes to get it back up and running. Because you're just a little church. So, we'll see. I love that type of stuff. I love that type of stuff. The devil doesn't come after you. Oh, if there's one voice Satan needs to shut, and that, that is the voice of this ministry. And, and see, let me tell you something. They don't see this. What they see is the connection. They see that this ministry has is, 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 is allowed God to reestablish what others sat down, and now they hooked up to our arch enemy overseas. And, and they know that, you know, like the statement goes, uh, who you follow determines what follows you. And so they're looking at who we're following, and they, they themselves are wondering how we got ingrained into this thing overseas the way that it did. So they're just very, very scared. And, and, and you know, that's what animals do is they, they attack you when they're scared. That's what rats and, and bats and snakes and skunks and all of that type of stuff, that's what they do. Okay, so uh, it's on and popping, as they say. So, <laughs> you know, in that evangelism test that we did this past weekend, people came and joined both locations. Both. We went out on one couple. They showed up on. They showed up to church on a Saturday. I'm showed up to church Sunday. Got confused. Thought the service started at 12. We were already done at 11:30. And uh, and they joined the church just by what they experienced. Just coming down front and talking to me. And they kept saying this. They said, "There's something in here. What is this? What is? We ain't never felt nothing this good." And we knew what it was, but they they they're not gonna have the ability to explain that. So again, hope y'all ready. I know I've been ready. I'm. I mean that's. Okay, so, so I'm going to share some things with you. So I'm going to encourage you here and online. There's something about fighting against the machine 
that it begins to weigh you down and you begin to back off a little bit. And, and it's because there are not enough people fighting. You know, what we are doing is we're carrying the weight for thousands of churches that have set down all of the weapons of warfare. Not only have they set them down, they're scared. They don't know what to do. It's just very bad out here because I get calls daily now, and that's not an exaggeration. I get calls daily now from pastors and ministers. They just don't know what to do. Some of them are recognizing now that they should have never disengaged because now they said, we're trying to engage back and it's nothing is working. They're hitting the power button and it won't come on. They, they, they're turning the knob, knob to on, but for some reason it's staying off. And, 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 but you know, how many of you know that if you're running a company and, and you shut down McDonald's without permission, um, when you decide to open it back up, they might not say, no, we're closing you. We're going to put another manager in place. And there's some scary things going on right now in the body of Christ. The Lord is shifting some things so he can set down the ones who would die in this next battle. You know, and there's some bottles that the Lord can only use a few. You got too many, Gideon. I know you got 33,000. That's way too many. He said, tell everybody that's afraid to go home. Y'all remember what happened? That many people left because they were afraid. You get ready to go fight a battle. And, and <laughs> over half are scared. And he said, now, now that they're gone, he said, now the other ones, they're not scared. But even though they're not scared, they got a mentality problem. He says, so take them to the edge of the river. It's the small things. I mean, think about that. God watches how you drink water and determines you unqualified. It's the small things you've got to work on, folks. God knows it's the small things that you're doing that are going to determine what you will do with the, with the new business and, and, and the promotion and the exaltation. And he, he, you swear up and down, but you're not looking at the small things. We always want big things. And, and, and while every time you're looking at a big thing, God is looking at a small thing, knowing that the small thing is going to determine how you behave with the big thing. You've got to pay attention to the small things. It's some small things that it's mentality. And your mentality is a thread in every single thing that you do. Oh, man. All righty then. Okay, so, so, again. So, you remember he took him to the edge of the water? And he said, get rid of all of them except for 300. <laughs> you start with 33,000. And you end up with 300 to fight against five kings. And when the war started, he didn't have to fight. And that was the issue, is that I need people <laughs> that are not afraid, and I need people that have a particular mentality, because this war won't be war won by what their training dictated. Jude one twenty. But you, my beloved love, my delight. I always mess that scripture up. You, my delightfully loved friends constantly and progressively build yourselves up on the foundation of your most holy faith by praying every moment in the spirit that is eloquently written isn't it read that again but you my delightfully loved friends constantly and progressively build yourselves up on the foundation of your most holy faith by praying every moment in the spirit so i'm just encouraging you all we'll be doing this for the next couple of weeks here encouraging everyone hey get back on that early morning prayer call you know get to praying again you know when you come here to service you know don't be talking in the hallway and fellowshipping and all that type of stuff y'all come right in here start engaging because this next level is going to be for the purpose of winning out 
winning everybody. It's going. I mean, tell you this, it's it's a it's a tripped out thing for a church to hold the enemy at bay in all directions, and just a few arrows get in, and they're shooting at you constantly, constantly, constantly from all directions. But the but that but that group has created a force field so strong it holds all of those arrows and bombs at bay, and it just is there any way for us to get in? And every once in a while they'll they'll send somebody that says they're on the Lord's side, but they came from their side. I don't know who that was up in here that had that vision. It was a dream. And, and if, if you're in here, just raise your hand. But they said, in the dream, they said, Lionheart Church was on a football field. And they said, we were on one side of the football field. And they said, the devil and his army, they were on the other side of the football field. And they said, we were shooting at each other. They said, but the devil's arrows were not reaching us. It wasn't working. So what the devil started doing was he started putting people on the end of the bowls and shooting people on the other side. <laughs> how do you know the Lord know how to the Lord knows how to tell you, uh, be careful, there are a couple of bats that are getting ready to come and try to join you. Joshua 1:8. Study this book of instruction continually. Meditate on it day and night, so you will be sure to obey everything written in it. Only then will you prosper and succeed in all you do. Like I keep telling Christians. There are too many Christians that are trying to succeed in all they do while breaking the first two master rules, prayer and word time constantly. He said if you do those two things constantly, you will automatically produce success because success in the kingdom comes not by might, not by power, but by my spirit. And you got to be on a spiritual frequency to be able to hear. You got to have a very, very strong, built up, robust spirit to hear cues from the kingdom of God for your advancement. Otherwise, those things will go right by and you won't even see them, you won't even hear them. Okay, so, so with this, you know, the subject matter, I am going to, uh, I'll entertain a couple of questions. You can send them to my phone. And uh, um, they said, we're good to go now. Thank you, Jesus. You can send them to my phone. Keep it relevant in regards to what I am talking about. And don't be just, some people like to just think up stuff. You know, it's question and answer. Holy Spirit, is there a question you would like? No. Ask a question if you really have a question. Don't just think up stuff. Everybody say amen. amen. All righty then. Revelation 12, 7 through 9. Then there was war in heaven. Michael and his angels fought against the dragon and his angels. And the dragon lost the battle. And he and his angels were forced out of heaven. This great dragon, the ancient serpent, called the devil or Satan, the one deceiving the whole world, was thrown down to the earth with all his angels. It's a crazy scripture. And the craziest part of that scripture is anybody crazy enough to run up against the ancient of days on the throne ain't thinking about hesitating when he come to knock on your door. Ephesians 6 2. So we know that these demons were cast down to heaven. The Bible says one out of every three angels fell with Satan. It's another problem. His ability to deceive one out of every three angels that were in heaven. And the Bible says the number of angels cannot be counted by men because we can't think that high. That's a lot of demons. Here's the explanation, Ephesians 6.12. We are not fighting against flesh and blood enemies, but against evil rulers and authorities of the unseen world. Number one, against mighty powers in this dark world. Number two, against evil spirits in the heavenly places. Number three, it's actually four classes, but that translation merges them together. 
but it's talking about all of these different type of creatures in different categories. And it says your fight is not against flesh and blood. So everything that you see out here on the street, arguments between husbands and wives and children and parents and relatives and, and Democrat and Republican and, and white and black and the list goes on and on and on. That's all being stoked and poked and prodded by creatures that you cannot see. Luke 10, 18 through 20. Jesus said, yes, he told them, I saw Satan fall far from heaven like lightning. Look, I have given you authority over all the power of the enemy, and you can walk among snakes and scorpions and crush them. Nothing will injure you. Don't rejoice because the evil spirits obey you. Rejoice because your names are registered in heaven. Phil led to minister something. Maybe there's someone that is listening and heard this. There was a strange doctrine just a few years ago that started to... Uh, permeate its way through the body of Christ and that doctrine was that some people in deliverance were dying because they were trying to take authority over de demons that were outside of their rank did any of you ever hear that okay and and so they were teaching it as a doctrine and there were people that we knew you know that you know even trust their subject matter but you can be off at any time and and so I just want to make that clear up that was stupid the reason it was stupid, because did, did we not read where Jesus said, I give you authority over how many? How many? How many? Jesus did not mention anything about some demon that was on a higher rank than me, and I could not bring this fool down to the ground. So until you find that in the scripture, I don't care how many people died in deliverance. Maybe they were tangling with the devil and wasn't living right. You do see that example in scripture of folk who tangled with the devil and they weren't right. It says that one group was seven sons of Sceva. They were not saved. People thought they were saved. No, they weren't saved. Makes it clear they weren't saved. Seven sons of Sceva. They, got to saw, they saw the sons of God casting demons out and they said, you know what, I think we should try this. All we knew was always one fool in the midst. I think we should try this. And it says they, they said, they rolled upon this one guy one and they said we command you to come out in the name of Jesus who Paul preaches not what we preach not what we believe but what we just gonna repeat what that other guy said we command you to come out and it's crazy it's a comical story because the Bible said this, the, 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 the head demon said oh, okay now wait a minute now this is not a drill this is now let's see here um, uh, and then it mentioned Paul's name first it said Paul we know that shows you the oneness they didn't mention Jesus' first name. Jesus first. They said, now, Paul, we know who that is. And Jesus, we know who that is. But who are you fools? And they said that the man in whom the demons were in jumped on all seven guys at the same time, whooped their behinds, and they said they left the house wounded and naked. The only example that Jesus wanted you to see about a demon being stronger than you is if you are outside of Christ. Okay, so, again, demons have not disappeared. They are just masters at hiding. And they have convinced the church to set down the very weapons that expose and destroy them. That's the war. Okay, the war is not always trying to kill you. Sometimes the war is just get, just, just, uh, dismantle you 
So this is what we talked about last week, and I'll just throw these up here. You can take a picture of it or view it later on YouTube and Facebook and for your own personal library. Scripture makes it clear that they can enter a person in John 13, 27. Next graphic says, when inside a person, they can cause all forms of sickness, disease, deformities, seizures, and insanity. They can also cause a person to be mute, deaf, and blind. Some of the stronger evil spirits can actually twist the body. Now, I'm not saying that every person, that every child or person you see on the street, that's a demon, but they do have the ability. Some of them are. And, and they lock themselves, and they know that no one is going to try to mess with that. That's crazy. Again, the example was the woman that was bent over for 18 years, and it was only because of one of them. Okay. Next graphic. They can torment you in your mind, according to 1 Channel 1623. Next graphic. They can entrap you in vices and situations. Vices are things like smoking cigarettes, marijuana, cocaine, heroin, alcohol, sexual vices, homosexuality, lesbianism, the list goes on and on and on. They can entrap you in vices and situations. The next graphic says they can shoot invisible arrows at you. Next graphic says they can tempt you. Next graphic says they can prompt you to make bad decisions, whether it be financial, job, definitely prompt you to get hooked up with the wrong individual. Probably, you know, one of the craziest stories that I heard, let me just stop here for a moment, is a young lady and a young lady that, uh, long story short, she was dating a gentleman and they were spending time together. He was over at her place and then he, he they were dating. He left her place. And after he left her place, she heard a voice that says, hey, well, it'll, it'll be great for you all to get married. You don't need a minister to get married. You can, all, you, can minister, you can marry yourselves. That's the thought that ran through her head. A few, just a couple minutes later, the man calls her back after he left the house and said, hey, you know, I was thinking we're both Christians. We don't really need a minister to marry us. We can just marry ourselves. She's at the end of you working both sides, planting the thought. So they decided to go for it. They, they got married. They married themselves on the couch. Of course, then, because you marry yourself on the couch, you can have sex. That's what it was about, to get them to have illegal sex. And so now they married themselves, and then he went home. Well, meanwhile, she decided to pack up her stuff and move to his place. She goes to his place, knocks on the door. He's in there, but he won't come forward. And it's because he was with another woman. And... Um, and it was really bad because it took me a long time to convince that girl that she was not married. In her mind, she really thought she was married because the devil had played that trick, played that trick on her mind, you know. And she was, you know, naturally she was someone that wanted someone. And, and the devil played, he played her by getting her to do something that was outside the boundaries. He, he tricked her into making a bad decision that was outside of the world. That's why... You know, one of the biggest things that the enemy does when he wants to trip you up, he isolates you. He gets you away from the herd. He gets you away from the ones. And as soon as you say you don't want to hear that, they got you because now they, they want you to isolate it, get isolated so you can start planting these things in your mind. And it, it took me a minute to break. I had to, I remember one of the things that helped her, helped me break it is, I said, how is it that 
you all are married, but no one in the planet will recognize the marriage. I said, do you actually think the hospitals are going to recognize it if you have to get your insurance and your license? Are they going to allow you to do a name change? And, and that's when it started kind of kicking in. And, and I think part of it was the devil is a master at making you do something stupid. Then he's a master at making you hide it because you don't want people to know how stupid you are. It's, it's crazy. So the next one is they can prompt you to make bad decisions. We did that. The next one is they are always strategizing against you. Always. Always. The devil walks about seeking whom he may devour. Uh, next one. Any person who is an unbeliever, the Bible says it is because Satan is at work in their heart. Next graphic. They can make you depressed. Next graphic. They can make you afraid. The Bible calls it the spirit of fear and the spirit of heaviness. Next graphic. They can hinder you. We all deal with that greatly. Just frustrating, frustrating. This happening, that happening. Okay, next graphic. They are involved in the corruption of every aspect of society, including the church. They would, I would dare say that the devils are more in church than the Christians are. If you need to stop the main agenda against you, it might be wise for you to infiltrate the place and spend a large amount of your energy in the church. Why? Because the sinners are already going to hell. So we need to corrupt the ones that's on the right side so they can, y'all follow me. So we're going to read one story. The book of, I almost said the book of Job. That's 42 chapters. We're going to read Job chapter 1 and a little bit of chapter 2 to give you insight into some things. Job chapter 1, the entire book of Job is an amazing, amazing, amazing book. Because it shows Satan at work, shows kingdom of God at work. It says a lot of secrets, and there are more there than the eyes can see. So let's read this right quick to give you insight into some things, to help you understand. Job 1, 1 through 3. says, there once was a man named Job who lived in the land of Uz. And this is what you're going to say about yourself from now on. He was blameless, a man of complete integrity. He feared God and stayed away from evil. He had seven sons and three daughters. That's something to pay attention to. Always pay attention to numbers in, Bible, in the Bible. You may not understand the significance, but just pay attention to it. Seven and three are two numbers that God uses for perfection and completion. So he had seven sons, and then he had three daughters. But he also owned 7,000 sheep and 3,000 camels. So you have seven sons and three daughters, then you have 7,000 sheep and 3,000 camels. And 500 teams of oxen and 500 female donkeys. He also had many servants. He was, in fact, the richest person in that entire area, and God wanted you to know that about him. Now, I want to bring out something just as a hint. You can do your own Bible study with this. One of the mysterious things that you'll find in Scripture is that it always uses numbers with a zero on the end. It'll never say stuff like he had 7,015 sheep. He had 3,011 sheep. It'll never say things like he had 509 oxen. It's just always this even thing, and, and which means then... Part of the significance of the story is it couldn't happen until those numbers lined up exactly. 
Because it had to be seven, y'all understand what I'm saying. It had to be 7,000 sheep, 3,000 camels. You had to have seven daughters and seven sons and three daughters, 500 female donkeys and 500 oxen. And this whole scenario happens exactly when he reached that moment. Which means that the moment, the moment couldn't happen when he had 6,500 sheep. Because how many know you don't just wake up and have 7,000 sheep overnight? You got to keep having sheep over our period. I'm trying to help you understand how God is controlling the affairs of your life more than you would ever know. He was controlling the man's prosperity. Okay, we got to control the, the rate that sheep have sheep. Because <laughs> it has to coincide with the rate the camels have camels. And it has to coincide with how many oxen that he has. And it has to coincide with how many donkeys that he has. And it has to coincide... Those have to coincide with the man having seven sons and three daughters. Then we can have the story. That's what I keep telling people. There are some things that have not moved in your life because the numbers haven't lined up yet. It's a whole numbering, a whole book of the Bible called Numbers. Numbers, numbers, numbers. God is very much into numbers. Numbers, numbers. And I'm beginning to see a cold there, but it's going to take a minute. So let's keep going. I'm just bringing out certain things for you to read when you study the Bible all day, every day. So let's start with verse 4. Job 1-4. Job's sons would take turns preparing feast in their homes. And they would also invite their three sisters to celebrate with him. When these celebrations ended, sometimes after several days, Job would purify his children. He would get up early in the morning and offer a burnt offering for each of them. For Job said to himself, Perhaps my children have sinned and have cursed God in their hearts. This was Job's regular practice. That says that for a reason. And then verse 6 of Job. Very important. One day, the members of the heavenly court came to present themselves before the Lord and the accuser, Satan, came with him. Okay, now let's stop here for a moment because I want to just teach you something here that's very, very important. Very, very important. How many of you know God knows the future? And in case you didn't know that, Satan does not know the future. So there are things that Satan will plan, and he is so stupid, he doesn't know that God knew he was going to plan it before he planned it. So he'll make other things like a certain amount of camels and sheep and all of that type of stuff happen a particular way. Know that Satan is going to do some things. But here, it says, one day of the members of the heavenly court came to present themselves before the Lord. And Satan came with him. Okay? Now, this brings out certain things. Number one, it proves that Satan still has access to heaven. Second thing is, it brings up the fact that there's a heavenly court. Down on planet Earth, we have all different type of courts. You have district courts, court of appeals, civil courts. We know what the Supreme Court is. The Supreme Court bypasses everybody. It's the highest court in the land, the Supreme Court. Um, but there is a court that is higher than the Supreme Court. The heavenly court in heaven is a court where all issues and events, small and large, in planet Earth are discussed and judgments are rendered. And the Holy Spirit told me to tell this. There have already been many sessions over the people sitting in this room and listening online as I speak. Heavenly Father, do we allow them to live 
or do we allow them to die? Let's see the evidence. All right. We have to allow them to live. Heavenly Father, they're getting ready to get in a car accident tomorrow at 2 o'clock. Save them or allow them to be taken out? Save them. Do we save them and the car or just them? Just them. Heavenly Father, now watch this. You want to hear something crazy? Jehovah, that's the demon. We have a right to take the parent out because of what their great-grandmother did. It would be appalling to you to see the unlimited number of individuals in line in the courts of heaven that are discussing even the minute details of your children in planet Earth. <laughs> Never mind. Oh, look, look at Revelation 12.10. This as a side. I heard a loud voice shouting across the heavens. It has come at last. Salvation power and the kingdom of our God and the authority of his Christ for the accuser of our brothers and sisters have been thrown down to earth the one who accuses them before God day and night so there is a court in heaven I don't know if there are sub courts or additional courts I don't know if there are courts that run things just concerning families if there's another court that runs things just concerning nations I don't know if there's a court that runs things concerning business I don't know. All I know is the Bible makes it clear that there is a heavenly court that stays open 24 hours, seven days a week, hearing unlimited judgments and requests and threats from the angels and the demons, and they got to render a judgment. Yes, no, or wait. Mercy for this one, judgment for that one. We've been talking to them for too long. Why do you think sometimes it's strange that a plane will go down and everybody gets vaporized except for the newborn who couldn't protect himself. That was handled in the courts of heaven. Let him die? Yes. Because if we let the mother die, the children will be upset, but they'll get over it in five years, but it'll cause Jimmy in jail to give his life to me in three. Let her die. And people get too offended too easy at God because all you're thinking about is your moment. But God is a good and an excellent judge and he's a father and as his mercy endures forever. And he said, I know the thoughts that I have concerning you to give you an end. So quit worrying about the beginning and the middle part all the time. Because when you get to the end, it's going to work out. But there's some other things I got to work out through you. And it might mean that you are upset for a moment. It might mean that you are even angry for a moment. But you're going to have to deal with that anger. I know you'll get over it. You'll get over your sadness. You'll get over your disappointment. You'll get over your anger. You'll get over your fear and your depression. I know you're going to get over it in three years. That's why I'm going to do this now. And it's going to trigger you to act crazy for three years. But it's going to cause five people to do this. There are some people. Um, Ulfa's asking for a new job. The evidence. Boom, boom. All right. Go ahead, give it to him. Two weeks. By the way, give it to him in two weeks, but give him a dream in three days that he's going to get it in two weeks. There's a member of our church. Every time he gets a job, the Lord gives him a dream after the interview on whether he's going to get the job. Those are the type of things. Um, this person, Sister Susie Q, um, she's asking for a promotion. Nope. Let's see the evidence. No, don't give her a promotion. If she gets the promotion, her and her husband have marriage problems. She's going to meet Andy. Now, she's going to be mad at me because <laughs> I didn't give her the promotion. 
but she'll get over it. We'll give her another promotion, but I don't want her to meet Andy because Andy is nefarious, and her and Andy gonna cause. You understand what I'm saying? So, so the angels are bringing their request before the heaven. Everything is based on legalities. Legal, legal, everything in planet Earth is based on, based on legalities. You got to, you know, some things just automatically, but you, there are certain things, the only reason why you can do certain things is because it's already legal. If you knew how many laws exist right now, I just got a ticket from parking in front of my house. Yeah. I'm still going to court. I've been taking pictures of everybody in the neighborhood parking, and, 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 and we were just baffled by that. But it was a police officer who just took full advantage of the law, which says in Powder Springs, you cannot park in front of your house for any reason. In Kennesaw, it's illegal for you to not have a gun. You know, and so again, I remember years ago when I was hanging out for all y'all folk in Detroit, I was hanging out at the video arcade on 8 Mile and Mount Elliott. And they came in there, whoop, 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 everybody against the wall. And I was like, I didn't do anything. We didn't ask you what you did. We told you to stand against the wall and everyone give us their license. And I'm complaining with an attitude and everything. And I said, what is going on? He said, we came here to give tickets to anybody that is in the arcade after 10 p.m. that's not over 18. And I will never forget this. I said, how in the world are we supposed to know that? And nobody told us that. He said, sir, your ignorance of the law does not mean you won't be penalized. I never forgot that. Never forgot that statement. And so there are things that people are dealing with. That's why you got to know the word because Satan might sneak some stuff into your life illegally. And if you don't know how to hold your rights in the court of heaven and demand, that's why Jesus told the story of the unjust judge and the widow woman. He said, she got it done, and the judge didn't want to do it. He said, we told you we would do it. He said, but will we find you in faith? You just got to believe we're going to do it. But you got to hold. That's why you got to know the word. When you're in a situation, quote the word. Satan, Satan is a criminal. He's not. Y'all, the laws are written for criminals, not folk who obey the law. I understand that you believe you should be able to do 70 in a 55, but it was written so because if they don't put a speed limit of 55, they will be doing somebody, somebody doing 100. And here in Atlanta, boy, it is the wild, wild west on the freeway up in here. How many times are we in the car? I hate, this, I hate to even admit this. Lorana, I'm doing 85. And they're tailgating me like I'm doing 55. Well, I'm not supposed to be doing 85, so I'm telling on myself, you know what I'm saying? Think about that. What is discussed day and night for 6,000 years? And if you think your name has not come up several times, maybe hundreds of times, maybe thousands of times, your name has come up. Don't y'all remember when Jesus said, be careful how you deal with these kids because their angel is always before the Father. Why? Courts of heaven. And that's why the Bible says when you pray in tongues, mysteries. You're manipulating the courts of heaven. And that's why the devil keeps getting the church to shut down everything that could give them an advantage. And they pick it up popsicles and wonderful colors to try to win a war. You don't win war by popsicles and color schemes and branding. But anyway, y'all keep doing that. Oh, man. Actually, 
Job 1, 7. Uh, we have to teach on that. There's a couple of cool things I think that might be coming next year. One of those is going to be on the courts of heaven. And I want you to, I want you to ask yourself, how many of you know the Lord has delivered you from some stuff? The question is, what was discussed in court before deliverance came? Watch this, the Lord is saying something like this. Oh, I know they're living in sin. I understand that, but I see the future. So, watch this. Any of y'all ever been to court or seen a court situation where a judgment was supposed to come down and the judge says, I'm not going to give a judgment about this right now. Uh, we're going to discuss this in a month. Come back to court. That's what God does to Satan all the time. I'm not going to make a judgment on this right now. Y'all going to have to come back in a year knowing you're going to give your life to Christ in two months. Again, that's how God tricked Satan. The Bible says if Satan had known that God was running a game on him like this, he said he would have never crucified Jesus. Okay, so if you think God is not tricking Satan in court, you got another thing coming. First, I mean, sorry, Job 1-7. So Satan is up there in court. <laughs> God looks out there and says, oh, here come, here, here, here come the devil. Where are you coming from, Lord, asked Satan. He said, he answered the Lord, I have been patrolling the earth, watching everything that's going on. That's another teaching. Watching everything, including you. Then the Lord asked Satan, have you noticed my servant Job? He's the finest man in all the earth, blameless, a man of complete integrity. He fears God and stays away from evil, just like Otha. <laughs> Say he's supposed to read the Bible. Verse 9, Job. Satan replied, yeah, but Job has a good reason to fear you. Here goes another lesson. Remember what God said about we don't have to go back to the scripture, but remember, there's a hint to having a force field. Be blameless, have integrity, fear God, and stay away from sin. And then Satan will say about you what he said about Job. In verse 10, you've always put a wall of protection around him and his home and his property. You made him prosper. Can you imagine doing something that God makes it prosper? You made him prosper in everything he does. Look at how rich he is. Satan was upset. <laughs> but reach out and take away everything he has. He will surely curse you to your face. All right, you can test him, the Lord said to Satan. Do whatever you want with everything he possesses, but don't harm him physically. Some some teaching up in here. So Satan left the Lord's presence. Now, it seems like that's very crude and it's very rude, some of y'all know the story, for God to allow Satan to attack Job on that level where he loses everything. God only allow it, allowed it because he knew the future. He knew Job wouldn't break. And he needed to teach a lesson to Satan. There are just some men that's not for everybody. It's not for most. It's not even, even for 99.9%. .9%. But God will just pick one guy and he just has to pay the price so that the rest can walk in victory. You understand what I'm saying? He, Job had to pay that price so that when you lost something, you'd be able to say, for whatever I lost, I'm getting double. See, you're able to say that because Lord used somebody that he knew wouldn't break.
He said, all right. And so he left. We pick up with verse 13. Now, this is what Satan can do left unchecked. One day when Job's sons and daughters were feasting at the oldest brother's house, a messenger arrived at Job's home with his news. Your oxen were plowing with the donkeys feeding beside them. When the Sabaeans raided us, they stole all the animals and killed all the farmhands. I am the only one who escaped to tell you. While he was speaking, another, another messenger arrived with this news. The fire of God has fallen from heaven, lightning, and burned up your sheep and all the shepherds. I am the only one who escaped to tell you. While he was still speaking, a third messenger arrived with this news. Three bands of Chaldean raiders have stolen your camels and killed your servants, and I am the only one who escaped to tell you. And while he was still speaking, another messenger arrived with this news. Your sons and daughters were feasting in their oldest brother's home. Suddenly a powerful wind swept in from the wilderness and hit the house on all sides. The house collapsed and all your children are dead. I'm the only one who escaped to tell you. Job stood up, tore his robe in grief, shaved his head fell on the ground and worshiped, didn't complain, worshiped, didn't cuss God out, worshiped, didn't say that he was going to leave God. He worshiped because there's some things that's all you can do because the understanding has escaped your intellect. And he said, I came naked from my mother's womb and I'll be naked when I leave. The Lord gave me what I had and the Lord has taken it away. Praise the name of the Lord. And all this, Job did not sin by blaming God, which lets you know that when you blame God, you are sinning. He simply did what his nature said. Jesus said, Satan comes to steal, <laughs> kill, and destroy. And you saw that, saw those three scenarios. What did he do? It says he convinced a group of people to go and steal his property, his camels and his sheep and all of that. He convinced another group of people to kill all of his servants. He convinced, uh, and then he was able to manipulate weather patterns and produce a tornado and a lightning storm because he comes to steal, he comes to kill, and he comes to destroy. Okay? So we see that. I'm just letting you know, but because, let me tell you something. With a church like this, you can hold all that at bay. But when churches set down the word, and they set down praying in tongues, and they set down gifts of the Spirit, and they set down apostles and prophets, and they set down deliverance, and they set down dreams and visions, and they set down laying on of hands, and they set down holiness, and they set down everything else. Boy, if you keep setting all of that stuff down, you're going to get sat down by Satan. You done, you done got rid of all of the stuff that keeps the fourth field up. If they knew just how much the church creates and controls weather patterns, it would scare them. Why do you think the Bible says we are the salt of the earth? Most young people that don't know about that. Before, before refrigerators, refrigerators and ice boxes or freezers, they would put salt on meat. And the salt would slow down the corruption process on the meat. Salt has a preserving factor or um, substance in it. So the Bible says the only reason why the planet hasn't imploded is because my children are there. They are salt. Remove them, and the whole thing implodes in seven years. Think about that. God snatches, God snatches us off the planet. He takes the salt off the earth, and it can only last for seven years, even though it's been here for 6,000. That shows you how much of an effect you're having on your job, 
how much of an effect you're having on your neighborhood, how much of an effect you're having on your family. There are some of your family members, the only reason why they're living is because you haven't died. Most people stop there. Let's leave the second half of the story and then we're done. Job chapter 2, verse 1. One day, the members of the heavenly court came again to present themselves before the Lord. Why? This is constant. Can you imagine just for a moment what discussions have been over you? I'm sorry, I phased out for a moment. I mean, there are angels that have discussions before your heavenly father. And they were talking about you. Brought your name up. Angels and demons have brought up your name possibly hundreds or thousands of times before your heavenly father or Jesus or angels. I don't know how all of that is run up there to make decisions concerning you. And the answers have been yes, the answers have been no, and the answers have been wait. That's why there are some things in your life you just can't understand. You just got to keep on praying, keep on believing, keep on confessing, keep on meditating the word day and night. You got to keep it moving through the depression, through the fear, through the anger, through the hurt. You just got to keep it moving because you don't know what things are being discussed and demanded over you. You don't know who put a detour in front of your address. You understand? I can look back on stuff now and I can see the hand of God and the hand of Satan. So one day the members of the heavenly court came again to present themselves. Verse 2, same question. Where are you coming from, fool? Satan answered, same thing. I've been patrolling the earth, watching everything that's going on. Lord asked Satan, have you noticed my servant Job? He is the finest man in all the earth. Blameless, man of complete integrity. Fears God, stays away from evil. And he has maintained his integrity even though you urged me to harm him without cause. Which lets you know that Satan is always trying to get God to move against you. Particularly when you get over into sin. He said, but the Lord told him, you made me do it without cause. But God knew the future. Verse 4. Satan replied to the Lord, skin for skin, a man will give up everything he has to save his life. But reach out and take away his health, and he will surely curse you to your faith. face. All right. Do with him as you please, the Lord said to Satan. This is crazy. But spare his life. So Satan left the Lord's presence, and he struck Job with terrible boils from head to foot. It's, it's so much revelation here. You know, see, this also let me know Satan can't kill you without God's permission. Y'all understand what I'm saying? You too worried about getting on the airplane and caught in another country and driving your bicycle on the side of the road. You too worried about riding your big wheel in the driveway. You worried about going to Walmart at nighttime. Y'all, you can't be killed unless they get permission. You are the sons of the most. Oh, man, I'm just... People keep telling me you're arrogant. No, I just recognize who I am. But anyway, so I want to bring out something, <clears throat> particularly about sickness and disease. I made a statement last week before I even read this, and I said, you can deal with a lot of stuff, but when you get sick, that's difficult. Your life stops, and Satan knows that. He told God, yeah, 
He can handle. I'm helping you understand how they think. They're going to try to drive some type of sickness into your life. Listen to what God tells God. Satan tells tells God. Yeah, I know you told me I could lash out at him, but you know what? A man can get over losing his children. This is what Satan is saying. He can get over losing his property. He can get over losing all of his camels and his sheep and all of that type of stuff. But there's something that we know about humans. They'll lose it over their health. That's what he said. If we can get them sick, ooh, that's the best chance we got of getting them offended at God. If we can just get them sick. So, he struck Job with terrible boils from head to foot, but wasn't allowed to kill him. And in verse 8, Job scraped his skin with a piece of broken pottery as he sat among the ashes. His wife told him, now here we go. Satan is very smart. Now one thing Satan did know, keep his wife alive. See, let me tell you something. See, I'm trying to help y'all understand. I'm trying to, you, you, when you see this right here, God knew what Job was going to do. Satan thought he knew what Job was going to do if we just take everything, including his health. But Satan knew how he killed everybody, but he left that wife alive. Because he knew that that woman had a mouth on her and that she would lose it. And she really wasn't in face like she, oh man. His wife said, are you still trying to maintain your integrity? She about to send the man to hell. Let me tell you something. There are some people that you can't be around when you're going through something. This is, I know you need some company, and I know you need some fellowship, and I know you need some encouragement, but it's just sometimes you got to be by yourself because folk can't handle what you're going through. You got to be in the Word. You remember what Jesus said? He said, based on the law of agreement, he said, I agree with my Father, so there it is. So his wife said, fool, you're still trying to maintain your, your integrity. Curse God and die. Curse God and die? We've been married and we got all these kids and all this prosperity and that's the best thing you can say to me is curse God and then die. Not thank God that you had a good life and go ahead and be on the other side and I'll see you. Curse God and die. She was trying to get rid of his behind. So Satan knew who to keep alive. And the Job replied, you talk like a foolish woman. Should we accept only good things from the hand of God and never anything bad? So in all this, Job said nothing wrong. <laughs> See, the Lord knew who to use to teach Satan a lesson. Satan wanted, Satan wanted to, this is going to sound perverted, he wanted to prove to God that there are no men in planet Earth that could actually do what you could do. So God needed to prove that. So Job became the sacrificial lamb for that. And it doesn't seem fair. It just doesn't. But God thinks about eternity when he does things. He just thinks about eternity when he does things. We don't even know if the Lord allowed that to happen to his children because they would get too off track in the future and not even make it in. You don't know. All I know is, is that was ha that's what happened in Job 1 and 2. And then after that... <laughs> You have 40 chapters of Job and his friends having a debate. 
And then after that, there was a young man who thought he was not qualified to say anything. And then after listening to them for who knows, who knows how many days, he said, I realized that you fools don't know nothing about what y'all are talking about. He spoke, and then God at the end spoke and rebuked everybody, including Job. And then it ended this way. Job 42, verse 10. When Job prayed for his friends, the Lord restored his fortunes. In fact, the Lord gave him twice as much as before. Twice as much. Then all his brothers and sisters, which means he had brothers and sisters, and former friends, why? Because they all left him in his time of need, came and feasted with him in his home. They consoled him and comforted him because of all the trials the Lord had brought against him. And each of them brought him a gift of money and a gold ring. So the Lord blessed Job in the second half of his life, even more than in the beginning. For now, here we go with the exact number again. How many of you know? The man had to start from zero again. Did, did y'all not read that all of the sheep got burned up? Did y'all not read that all of the camels lost their life? Did y'all read not that all of the oxen became barbecued at that? Did y'all not read that? So, but why does the Lord give the exact number again of double? He made sure that the sheep kept multiplying and the camels kept multiplying and everything else kept multiplying and got to the, until it got to the exact number of double. Y'all, I'm trying to help you understand. We're going someplace because when the Lord is on your side this way, where well, he is manipulating your money and making stuff happen a particular way. And it's exact. For now, he had 14,000 sheep, 6,000 camels, 1,000 team of oxen. Did you know that in the Bible, if you have one oxen, you are considered rich? If you have one ox, one, you consider it rich. He had a thousand teams of oxen, 1,000 female donkeys. He ain't say nothing about the male donkeys, but let's just keep on going here. It's, that's a revelation right there. Though. I don't know what it is. He also gave Job seven more sons and three more daughters. He named his first daughter Jemima, the second Keziah, and the third Karen Hapak. In all the land, no women were as lovely as the daughters of Job. And their father put them into his will along with his brothers, with their brothers. Job lived 140 years after that, living to see four generations of his children and grandchildren. Then he died, an old man who had lived a long life, full with a testimony that we would read. For around the next 6,000 years, because most people don't know that Genesis is not the first book of the Bible that was written. The first book of the Bible that was written was Job. It's amazing. Genesis was the second book. So, men just arrange it in that order. And there's nothing wrong with that. We don't need to have a margin of protest now about the Bible was written wrong. and it, uh, People just looking for a reason to march. March your behind down to the gym and, and eat a salad or something. You know, just good grief. Okay, so yeah, these things have to be brought out because people don't think that they are important enough to be attacked from the dark side. Because, and, it, and the deep part is, it's the ones that go through the most craziness in life that are the biggest threat to the devil. The Bible says the person that's forgiven of the most sins is the one who loves God the most. It's the individual that's been through the most crap 
that when you get, let me tell you, you deliver folk that's been through a whole bunch of crap in their life, they get delivered, and then, and then you tell them it was Satan that did it and not God, okay. They'll spend the rest of their life trying to find this food for real. They'll try to create a spaceship to fly down to heaven or hell. He might be up in the courtroom. He might be down there in the bathroom, but I'm going to find this fool. I mean, people who get delivered from that, you mean to tell me that's, it's a, it's a, it, it, you, there's no way to comprehend the wickedness of the devil. You just can't. You just, he'll, just kill, he'll, just, he'll just keep you down and eat off of you and feed off of you for your entire life until you die. And it's, just, so it's, it's, it's just unbelievable how wicked he is. And all of the wickedness is directed at God, at God. And it's just like Superman. They couldn't do anything with Superman, so the bad guys will go after the weak people in society, knowing that that's where Superman's heart was. And that's what the devil does. He just, his, his venomous uh, attitude of revenge against our Heavenly Father is like, I can't get you. I'll never get you, Jesus, the Holy Ghost, or those angels. But what I can get is your children. So it's a valuable lesson, you all, in regards to you're going to have to pay attention to your life daily. They are always working in your life. Always. I know for a fact, last night they were in my head. Big time. Big time been here. And you just, and it's a feeling that's associated with it. You can always tell because it's just like it's just stuck there. And you want to do something, you want to say something, and you just... Okay? And it comes out of nowhere. I mean, it just comes out of nowhere. Every, your, your day will be going perfectly smooth, and all of a sudden, you... And, 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 and the sad part is, is that when it comes upon you, you are the one to change the atmosphere in the entire room, or the entire house, or the entire work floor. Because they light on you, and, and you're always, the Bible makes it clear, you're always... Um, uh, power and feelings and forces are always exiting out of you. The Bible says out of your heart flows the issues or the powers, the creative forces of life. I mean, how many times someone coming to work and you can tell, oh, don't say good morning to them because they got a stank attitude. Ooh. You know, and then I said, nah, how many of you, you were the one with the stank attitude. You got on the elevator and the person said, good morning. <laughs> hey, man, it's too early for all that, dude. I haven't just, hey, and so, and so you have to guard your heart that way. But let me tell you something. You are a fool if you think that you are unimportant to the devil. When it comes to that realm, your race matters not. Your money matters not. Your status matters not. Your education matters not. All that matters is whose image do you bear? And that alone determines what exits, exits out of you and produces certain things. Who you are will determine if God is with you or he is not. Who you are will determine if an atmosphere changes when you walk in Walmart or it stays the same when you go in. Who you are will determine all of that. Who you are will determine if demons get afraid when you walk in the hospital or they just say, oh, it's just him. So if you think, and let me tell you something. If all you are is a person that prays and reads your Bible and nothing else, you are the biggest threat in the whole world because the Bible said those were the two foundational things that were more important than anything else. Two things he told you to do. You don't understand how building, you don't understand how spending time in the Word builds you up and because you are built up, there are forces coming out of you destroying certain things while you're standing there. Because it's constant. 
You're never on, the spiritual realm is never on pause. It's just, it's just, it's just constant movement. It's constant energy. If there's a heat source over there, the closer you get to it, the warmer you become. <laughs> just fire is just sitting there. You get warm. It's, you can get next to a piece of ice and your hand starts getting cold. These are, these are all little small things. Now, these are just little small things, cold and fire and warm and ice and, and heat and, and all of those things. There's even a, I mean, everything has a smell. I mean, these are things, and, and then you're made in the image of your father, and you think you ain't affecting nothing because you don't have a degree? Because these idiots out here told you you're not anything according to their standards? Okay. So again, all that's going to be flipped upside down in a moment. So I'm just encouraging you, everybody that's connected to this ministry, okay? I can't say that about others because they don't do what we do. But if you are connected to this place, there's a high level of victory that the Lord is getting ready to bring into our midst. But you're going to have to be on point. Because of the enemy, the last thing that Satan ever wanted was a church group to walk in it. We, we can, okay, let's kind of reduce it to the pastors because they expect him. But when the whole group start being exalted, when the whole group is getting here, when the whole group is increasing, when y'all got too many testimonies that you can't even tell it, now we got to have a problem with it. We got to, we're going to have a problem with this because if this group does it, it'll convince other groups. And that's what's going on now. Other groups are like, y'all church doing this? Yeah. Can y'all teach us? Mm-hmm. That's all you the post said. It was given to us freely. Why would we charge? Okay. So, and let me say something. The closer you walk with the Lord, the more you got to be careful. See, this is my last example. My iPad cover is black. So if you put more black dots on here, you may not even notice it ever in a million years. Why? You just put more of the same on there. But how many of you know, the more you, st let's say that, that that was a paint and you could scrub it off. And the more you scrubbed it off and it was white underneath, how many of you know that the, the more you clean it up, the more that the black stuff stands out now? You know, it's, it's a perfectly white shirt that you can see spots on. And so, so the more, it's funny, because the more you clean yourself up, the more you can see what's wrong with you. <laughs> and it takes you cleaning yourself up to start to see what was there all along. But as long as you're outside of Christ, you just this. You can't see the sin and the darkness that is on you. But when you start cleaning yourself up, you got to brace yourself and, and you'll get too discouraged because as you get stronger, as you can see more, as you can hear more, as you can understand more, you'll be able to see more of what's wrong with you. But it's supposed to be that way so you can clean up more of you so that you completely, y'all understand what I'm saying. But the more you clean yourself up, the more the enemy will be looking ways to get you back dirty again. And the worst thing in the world is for a Christian to get stuck in the middle, half clean, half dirty. With God one day, with Satan the next. On fire for God today, condemned tomorrow. You got to just keep on going, keep on going, and realize that your Heavenly Father will be with you to the end. Okay, so again, the ministry is now complete, and now we are getting ready to go into full battle mode, and it's going to move very fast. That test we did this weekend proved it, proved it. There were many more people who text us and said they were on their way. But see, at this point now, guess what we have to do? Now we have to hold Satan back 
from the new converts that we've reached on the street because he's not getting ready to lose them at all. We already had a scenario where a demon activated in one of the individuals and then shut us down and laughed at us when he did it. It's, these people, you're not going into the devil's camp to pull people out and he's not holding on to their leg. These are going to have to be in war for us. I'm just encouraging you. You know, it's a fight. You, many of us have carried the burden of this thing for a while. Even some of you that have just joined us in the last even couple of years and three years, you jumped right in and you begin to carry that burden. The problem with a burden is it begins to weigh you down and slow you down. And you just got to figure out a way to say, you know what? Let me refire myself. Let me retool myself. Don't get discouraged because you haven't been doing things that you, that at the same rate you were before. Don't be beating yourself up because you don't, you're not praying as much today as you were yesterday. Quit you know, chastising yourself too hard because you haven't been in the word like you normally have. Sometimes those folk, it happened to them because they were the ones bearing the weight of the whole ship. You naturally get tired. Enemy, the church like this, you can only tell that the enemy is gaining a small advantage if people start backing off a bit. And, and, and it's mysterious. They can't, the, the powers that they use against us you can't really define it. You, you won't even be able to trace it unless the Lord gives you an open vision. They're more in the area of psychology. They use more psychotic powers than raw power against us. It's more mind manipulation. It's more mind manipulation. You just, it's the highest type, the, some of the highest type of warfare, psychological warfare. You don't even know it's being used against you until you're in prison and the person is laughing at you on the other side of the bars. And that's what, and, 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 and you have to, you don't, you, you can never over like come it. You just you just keep you just have to you have to run and walk at the same time. You know, you gotta be flying, but you gotta be moving real slow. You just gotta be paying attention. You gotta constantly check in with the Heavenly Father Lord. Is there something I should know? Sometimes you get to feeling funny. And and it's an angel. It's one thing I'm conscious of more and more is there are lots of decisions you have made and it was an angel tapping you. Uh, go over there. Do this. Those little last-minute decisions, it's an angel do this. They're watching, and that's the most amazing thing, you all, and this is where I close. That conversation between God and the devil was based on one thing. Both of them were watching Job all day. Satan was able to say what he said. Why? Because they had been observing. What, what, what was one of the things that Satan said? We can't get to the man. <laughs> Why? Because they were trying to get to the man. We can't get to him. We can't get to his property. We can't get to his cattle. You got this force field. They were watching every day to see if it was going to come down. Watching every day to see if there was a crack. We just can't get to this man. But God was able to tell Satan what type of man Job was. Why? Because Job <laughs> was being recorded by both sides at all times. To see if he was qualified in the courthouse to be blessed or if he was qualified to lose it. He was not qualified to lose it, but God did that. He was picked. There are some people, that's not for everybody. Those are very rare. Jesus is one. Um, in the book of Acts, Stephen is another. Yep, Stephen is another. Very few men fit that, fit that bill, but, but you can tell that they fit the bill. God had to have somebody, just a couple in the planet, over the years that could do that, to set the standard, to give us hope. And he, and he only picks the ones that can handle it. That's why he was able to pick Stephen, because while Stephen was being stoned, 
as they are stoning them, he said, Lord, please don't hold them accountable for this sin. So he knows who to use. I don't think I'm the one. I'm just, I mean, I can deal with some stuff. Oh, no, trust me. I mean, there's, I have settled in my heart that I can deal with a lots of worst case scenarios. But the truth be told is, you don't know that until that thing happens. You know what I'm saying? I mean, you think the best. I mean, uh, you know, I don't, you know, just certain things. I don't, I mean, I'm assuming that I would do the right thing. It's just certain things, though, that I don't know. If, I don't know if a person does this particular thing and you put a gun in my hand that I won't pull the trigger. And I'm just being honest with you. And how I many you know the Lord knows what you can handle? In spite of your prayers, Lord, I'll go to Tibet and be your international evangelist and I'll give up all my money and I can walk in love. And then angel's like, you know, good and well, they're not going to do that. <laughs> but you really didn't mean it when you prayed it. You just don't know yourself the way the Lord does. And we just serve a wonderful father, okay? But, but know that is that both are watching you. One is trying to help you and one is trying to hinder you and hurt you. And, and you are the one that determines who you're going to cooperate with. Regardless of your age, you're going to cooperate with your heavenly father or you're going to cooperate with this fool by allowing him to deceive you and you just don't obey the word. Today, you cannot come and say these are fairy tales. No, this is truth and you got to live by it. Okay? And the lives of many depend on it. Amen? All right. Hallelujah. Let's go ahead and stand. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. So again, I'm going to keep on drilling this into you. You, have, you are not failing if you didn't, quote, unquote, get a degree. If you can, you should get one. You're not failing because you don't make a certain amount of money like someone else. You haven't even failed if you got a divorce or those are not considered failures. Some of those are mistakes, temporary setbacks. But you are perpetually failing if you don't obey the word. You are just simply failing. And, and none of the Bible, rest of it matters if we don't obey the first part, which is you got to get it in and you got to read it. You got to live in it. Like every waking moment. I mean, you know, I've been watching my wife and she, she get up reading the word. She go to bed reading the word. Every time I look up, She's just in the word, you know, with me, you know, trying to catch up with her. I'm trying to get back to where I'm supposed to be. It's a little bit more difficult for me because everything is always hitting me and having to call. And, but, but when I'm at the barbershop, you know, they had on, is it Maury Povich? And that foolishness about trying to see who's baby daddy and all that type of stuff. And, and so just every time I'm at the barbershop, I bring up my phone like this and I just hold it up. And I get two or three chapters in. It's putting a word in me, putting a word in me, putting a word in me. You're going to need that in order for your mind to be right and in order for you to be on the frequency by which invincible answers fly. And you don't want to be in a position where you miss an arrow that the Lord meant for you to catch because you were consumed with something else and didn't sense that the arrow was coming. Because one arrow from the kingdom of God is always a bullseye. It's never a miss. So Father, in Jesus' name, we give you thanks and praise. Thank you, O Lord God, for those who have heard this listen to this thank you Lord God for your infinite wisdom in picking our brother Job oh Lord God to teach valuable lessons about the kingdom of God the courtrooms of heaven 
Satan's agenda and his vengeance against mankind and you. Thank you, O oh Lord God, for the story of Job, teaching us that you will always turn around our situations regardless to what we lost. You will make it happen. Thank you, O oh Lord God, for keeping us aware and sober and vigilant concerning the enemy of our soul, especially at this place, for he seeks, O oh Lord God, to slow us down and to stop this great agenda and campaign that you have put in our hands. Help us to stay on the straight and narrow. Give us supernatural strength. Give us grace to get on top of the areas where we have begun to slip. We thank you, O oh Lord God, for giving us the ability to get on top of these things. We thank you that there is much more victory to be won that will make the past victories pale in comparison. So strengthen us, give us wisdom, and give us speed let the joy of the Lord be our strength. Let there be peace and prosperity in this place like an ocean so that when men come into our midst, O oh Lord, they will never want to leave. Thank you, O oh Father God, for doing these things. And we bless and honor you for it now. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. Amen, amen.